Yo, 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 it's your boys. We're back. Back again for the third, fourth, maybe fifth time. I haven't, I've lost count. Yeah, we take a lot of breaks because life's exhausting. You know, you ever just exhausted by life? And it's very hard to get us in the same room. Yeah, I mean, I've got a very busy schedule and Ross Petunie's world tours and, and all... Yeah, going from Melbourne yeah. to Adelaide, yeah, back to Melbourne. Yeah, all around the world, he's just <laughs> fl- fucking... Those are the two states. Those are the two cities. That's pretty much the world in terms of what is and isn't accessible. Yes, currently, for me, because of border closures and restrictions and, and, and corona, and coronavirus. Yeah, the, the coronavirus is... Also had an impact. Let's blame. Let's blame that. Yeah, not just the statewide ban that every other state in Australia has on Ross entering. I can no longer enter Perth. I told you, you should have. You should have left that milk alone. <laughs> you shouldn't have thrown it at the PM. What's the PM doing in Perth? That's what I want to know. Trying to get votes. I guess that's, you know, that, that's probably what he's doing. It's what PMs always do, right? Of course, getting votes when he should be doing actual policy. That's not what politicians do. They hand that down to the people who understand how the law works. They just make up slogans, shake hands, kiss babies. They win the popularity contest. contest. Oh, my God, I can't speak. Why did people trust me in front of a microphone again, Ross? I don't know. I just believe that those initial stutters, stumbles, you can work through them. I worked with a comedy guy that's now becoming a politician. That's true. And it seems like that's probably the best pathway for him, considering... Yeah. He was always a bit self-righteous. And, well, a lot of his sketches just sounded like policy. Like, it was just a well-intentioned idea that didn't go anywhere. Like a policy. Because a policy is just something you intend to carry out to the best of your ability, but don't necessarily have to. Yeah, he presses the logic button a lot, but didn't necessarily press the creative button. Or the reason button. Or the reason. Reason party. That's who he's working for. When someone calls themselves the reason party, it makes me inclined to believe they're not reasonable. Well, I just want them to have, like, policies that are really unreasonable. That, like, you know, you got to wear hats between the hours of 10 to 1 because of the UV. And anyone not caught wearing a hat 
or anyone caught wearing a hat. No, anyone caught not wearing a hat. Caught wearing a hat. I think you had it right the first time. Uh, you just you just worded it weirdly. Yeah. Why do they trust me behind this thing again? Well, your voice matters. And even if it doesn't make sense sometimes, and even you don't know what you're saying, your voice matters. Thank you, Ross. See, that's reasonable. That's reason, and I should be part of the reason party. It's not too late. You could spin this comedy re- career around into a into a glamorous career in politics. I really could, but I don't want to. Why? I don't want to change the world. I, I actually benefit from the status quo. You look at me and you go, this is a guy that benefits from the status quo. And I do believe I benefit from the status quo. Is it just because of skin color or class or what? All of the above, clearly. I mean... Sure, I'm a white honky. So I'm less likely to get beaten up by police. But I'm also fairly lower middle class, working class. I'm a pizza delivery boy. I don't make shit. I don't do... I don't make shit. I'm, like, not respected at all. But I'm less likely to be beaten by police because I'm a honky. (laughs) Well, well... I mean... You know who else honks? Clowns. And truck drivers, if they're horny. (laughs) Well, there's a sign urging them to, if you are, in fact, sexually aroused right now, please go toot-toot on your your wheel. (laughs) Yeah, not many people... Have that sticker anymore, you know? Well, truck drivers are the most woke people I know. Really? It's all those pills they take because, you know, to make the make their rounds. Oh, yeah, all the speed to yeah. drive 12 hours. Yes. So all that wokeness turned into political wokeness too. Absolutely. That's what happens. Honk if you consent to me honking <laughs> that I'm horny. That should be the new sticker. Should get that initial honk. The initial honk is a yes. And then that really just opens it up for more honking. We've got to work out a system of honks. <laughs> yeah, you can't just honk a horn and let someone know you're horny. That's too forward. You need to get them to maybe do a little beep. One honk for yes, two honks for no, three honks for uh, maybe. Four honks. Let's pull over to this truck stop. <laughs> it's going down now. I know a good glory hole. That's what the four honk means. Five, honk is, five honks means I'm definitely aroused right now, but let me just get a prophylactic. Seven honks means you're just frustrated that you're stuck in traffic. Eight honks means you have an IUD. <laughs> Nine honks means we're getting it on, but my boss Daryl still has to watch. Ten honks is, why would you kink shame Daryl? Eleven honks is, Daryl's fine. If he doesn't watch, we can still do this. But he's not happy about it. Twelve honks, can I secretly set up a camera so Daryl can watch it later? And that's the honk system. That's the honk system. They have a very interesting ecosystem of language over with the truck drivers. Yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world. You ever, you know, from delivery boy to truck driver, it's not too much of a leap. Have you ever thought about maybe you know, getting behind a big rig, living that truck life? I need to probably sit on up just a bunch of stack of books. Hmm. 
because they're no, nah, there's not. Oh my god, nah, uh, I'm a tiny can, man. Nah, but that's why you get a big truck. Compensate. But would I be able to reach the wheel, the steering wheel of a truck? You would. I've seen tinier men drive bigger trucks. Do I need to sit on a bunch of stack of books? And that's another way that life is actually pretty good for me. The prim- primordial dwarfism. Well, you can get into small places. I can fit in cabinets. You can hide in washing machines. Because <laughs> that's what we do. That's what dwarfs do. Hey, if you've got it, flaunt it. I'm hiding in a washing machine. That's how we all sound. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you always got to check before you put on the spin cycle. So you don't commit murder. And if you're not checking inside your washing machine every time you turn it on, you're grossly negligent. And that's another reason why we probably haven't been podcasting for a while. All of us dwarf murder. And we said to ourselves, we weren't going to podcast again until it's sorted. But at this rate, it looks like it's not going to get sorted. So I think the most important thing is we get back on the mics. And start creating awareness because we all know awareness solves everything right and silence is violence and i don't want to commit violence with my silence definitely not if the dwarf is yelling that is not violence even if they're yelling i'm being torn up my entrails are coming out it's not silence so it's not violence (laughs) oh my god that's so graphic (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Dear Lord. It's good to be back on the mic with you, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, Russ. It's been too long. Um, you know, because you know, sometimes that, like, that screaming can sound like violence. I was just thinking maybe they should have a honk system. <laughs> maybe, like, carry around one. But not like, you know, like one of those... Like clown, right? Clown honk ones. Yeah, those uh, those little toys. Not, not yeah, not a honk and a steering wheel. No. Completely different. It's an entirely different system. So to avoid confusion, one honk is. This isn't violent. It's fine. Two honks is still not violent. I'm still okay. Three honks. It hurts a little, but I'm cool with it. Four honks is, I think I have a leg fracture, but nothing I can't handle. Five honks. Did we do five? We should do five. Yeah, yeah, five. We, yeah five. we're up to five. Yeah. Yeah, five honks is, it's starting to bleed, but nothing life-threatening. Keep hitting. Six honks. Okay. One of my, one of my toenails is uh, coming right clean off. Seven honks is, all right, I'm screaming a little. It's painful, sure, but not violent. Also, is it fine if my boss Daryl watches in the corner with an erection? <laughs> Eight honks. Why would you kink shake Daryl? Nine honks. It's fine. Daryl doesn't have to watch. You can still beat me and get off your jollies, but can we film it later so he can watch? <laughs> Ten honks. Daryl, help me out of this. I think I'm nearly dead. And that's the honk system. That's honks. It's actually slightly less honks than the, the, the truck driver. It's yeah. It's a lot less to. It's more streamlined. Yeah. yeah, much. And that's how we've created awareness in that particular community, which is a great thing. 
Uh, yeah. So we're both working on solo shows this year. Mm-hmm. We're doing late night party boys. We're doing solo shows. Oh, we're going to have a comedy fest for all you, all you fine people. Um, so Russ, tell, I think we should share with them how you got blocked on Star Now by an amateur actor. I don't know what I did. I still don't know what I did. So I had a Star Now application, a Star Now listing, because I was looking for someone to play Triple J music director Richard Kingsmill. Someone who was willing to go on camera, be shirtless, uh, be willing to rub their nipples and just sort of seem like they're very sexually into themselves. And be into saying the scripted lines I had for them. I found the guy. I filmed him. I edited a promo out of it. I'm editing the videos for the show. But someone who was else apl- who applied for Richard King's Mill seemed like they would be a good fit for another role. And it's actually a more main role of, uh, I guess you would say, the antagonist of that, the show. That being said, like that role is... Way less provocative and involved than that first role. Like, that first role was 50-plus-year-old man <laughs> pretending to be Richard Kingsmill from Triple J, licking his lips and rubbing his nipples. You know, being shirtless. Yeah. Talking about how he enjoys Camp Cope for their sound, but saying it in such a way that makes it sound like he enjoys them for more than their sound. And the other role was kind of tame by comparison. It, it was, was just tame, but there is more lines. So maybe he scared him off by the lines. Or I maybe can... he just wanted to rub his nipples on camera and he's like, well, <laughs> that was a dream role. How dare you? Now that's... He was like, he was German or something, wasn't he? He was German and South African. Oh my God. He had as an intro to camera where he talks about how he's on the radio. <laughs> oh God. My name is... German and South African. He would have been the perfect... Dictator. Dictator. <laughs> the perfect villain in your show. And... We were messaging each other. He seemed up for it. I gave him, like, his lines. And then he's like, okay, tell me when you got the time and the address. I'm like, okay, I figured out a time and address to do it. I was trying to send a message. It didn't seem like it was going through. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? I looked up the guy's profile, tried messaging him from there. Tells me he blocked me. I didn't even know Starnow had a block feature. I thought everyone was such a struggling, desperate actor on there. It's just, there was no, there's no, like, there's no block feature. It's just like, contact me even more, please. Let me do your student film. I work for free. Let me sleep on your couch. Have you got a muesli bar to spare? When am I going to get a copy of this footage for... My potential agent. Please, can I get a copy of that five-minute clip you took me acting in the shower? This could be my big break. I need that footage. Yeah, button for that. Thing is, there is a bunch of comedians I could ask who probably would be happy to do these roles. Oh, yeah. For free, even. Yeah. There's just something funny about getting... a. 50-plus-year-old man <laughs> putting them on camera and having them just seem like they're not sure what they're doing. I think the funny part is just the 
absolute leap of faith this stranger has coming to <laughs> driving out to the suburbs, walking into your shed for 50 bucks after a few brief conversations on the internet and after reading a script with, let's face it, probably what makes no sense to anyone who isn't a comedian. Um, and then trying to just deliver those lines. It's a real leap of faith. I wonder what changed his mind. <laughs> he was down for that entire time. I think he was just... <laughs> what if he was just like, they're making fun of me, aren't they? <laughs> Which, in a way, look, I kind of am. <laughs> if we're being honest, truly being 100% I mean, yeah, honest. If we're honest with ourselves. There is a kind of... It's probably, isn't it hilarious we got them to do this? Yeah, it's a little mean-spirited. Maybe, but also gig's a gig. I mean, I'm very upfront with what it is. I'm not saying it's like a serious drama and making them do this mm. thing. And I ain't paying them. I mean... I'm not paying them much, but it wasn't like I was promising them the world. They knew that I was going to get that much. Yeah, you didn't say this is going to be a big break. Yeah, I'm Come just up like... to my hotel. Yeah. How badly you want this part. How badly do you want the part of Richard King's bill? <laughs> Rub your nipples for me, Daddy. Rub your nipples for me, Daddy King. King's mill. <laughs> I wonder if this is your Me Too moment, like, 20 years later. <laughs> my God, if this is my... You know what? I'll probably be heralded as a hero. <laughs> it's a reverse Me Too. Like, a young boy got an old white man <laughs> to rub his nipples for him. For showbiz. <laughs> it was for comedy. Why are you letting this kid boss you around? You're a 50-year-old, but why, man? You should have the power in this di- this dynamic. <laughs> I don't think the guy entirely got it, but I was like, it's an absurdist comedy. And he's like, you know, well, you know what? They didn't get Monty Python either when that first came out. And now that's part of the comedy language. And then I thought to myself, exactly right. In 40 years, I'm going to be as impactful as Monty Python. There Thank you, you for that. There you go. We did have that one drunk guy come up to us after our show saying that we were like the new age Monty Python. That's a real thing that happened. That was pretty nice. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I'm not disputing it. It was uh, our number one fans that got us drunk all night. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Also him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we've already told that story on here, definitely. I don't think we have. I'm sure we have. If we have, if we have, let's tell it again. All right. It was the greatest show anyone had ever seen. The audience. Uh, it actually was a really good show that night. It was that very was packed. Was and we had had them in tears. And this one like Scottish guy and his girlfriend loved the show so much that they came came up to us afterwards and they were like, "Well, you have to let us get you drunk." And. I haven't laughed that hard since I was a child. And his girlfriend was like, Yeah, I've never seen him laugh that hard. That was incredible. And it's and I'm just and then he started buying us cocktails and we're like, these are pretty expensive because we we're kind of like a bit of a and it's not like it's an it's not like a top top cocktail bar with well, Carlton Club. Their cocktails are still expensive. You know, it's still like twenty five bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. And he's just like slinging them our way just cocktail after cocktail and insisting insisting we drank them 
And so we did. And we drank them. Then we drank them some more. And then we drank them some more. Mm-hmm. And some more. We headed down to Max Watts afterwards yeah. with them. Yeah, we, we invited them to the artist bar. We got more drinks. He shouted the whole bar shots at one stage. Upstairs. I think this was, just a, this was just a guy that just has a lot of money. Yeah. I was like, are you sure? He doesn't have to do this. Like, we're just happy that you had a good time at the show. And his girlfriend's like, don't worry. He's rich. It's fine. And so we're like, okay. And then at one stage, he went up to me and he's like, all right. We're all getting pretty messed up tonight. That's very clear. If we lose you, here's $100. I want you to keep getting drunk. That's an order. I'm like, okay. <laughs> not going to say no to that. And then Ross was dancing his little heart away, then face planted off a stage. I was, and the security guard saw, and he came up and he said, I think you should leave. So I just walked out. But then I came back in, and then I continued dancing. And that's how you lose your responsible service of alcohol. We didn't even talk about the real Me Too moment that's going to get me. Oh, yeah. And, and, and again, <laughs> the nipples. There's a common thread here, Russ. You've got a fixation on them. Some people have an oral fixation. Some people have a nipple fixation. Well, well what happened was all four of us were kind of standing around... When we got to that bar, just drinking, and then all of a sudden his girlfriend pointed out that if you flick your nipples, they get real hard, which I actually didn't know at the time. She went to the bathroom and someone asked her to flick her nipples. Oh, that's, that is well, what happened. And then she came back and she told us. And I went, I was so fucking drunk. And at this point, it takes a lot for me to suppress my horn dogginess. You're welcome. <laughs> but when I'm drunk, all bets are off. <laughs> and so... Everyone was sort of flicking each other's nipples. And I said, do, do, uh, do a demonstration on me. Yeah. And I left my shirt off and eventually flicked my nipples. But then you made her do like another 10 demonstrations on you. I needed to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this a nipple flick? <laughs> That's not a nipple flick. This is a nipple flick. And then everyone was just flicking nipples. And um, it was all consensual though. It was. We, uh, did, I don't know what happened to them. Their nipples? Well. Or, or them as people? The, them as people. Oh, they went back to Sydney because that's where they lived. Yeah. Oh, Didn't get a formal fans. goodbye the for one, us the, and, their, and the nipples. The one that got away. Well, hopefully they're back at a show soon. Well, we have shows that they are more than welcome. More than I'm going to DM them personally. They're still on our artist page. They probably are. They probably are. I'm going to find them. It was well, it was Mike and Karen. Corinne. 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 Yes. Corinne. Yeah. You don't forget those hands. <laughs> or those nails. Those you know. As they yeah. flick against that. Turgid nip skin. I was aiming to get a freeway, I think I was. Oh, yeah. At one point in the night, I'm just like, is this what you're angling for, Ross? <laughs> like, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a disgusting human who should be ashamed <laughs> That's of That's fine. It's, it's no, fine. No, no, no. People's, people's natural urges is disgusting, mm-hmm. and I want to come out right now and say that. 
What about the urge to eat? That's disgusting. Why? Well, just think about it. If you eat something like a burrito mm. and you don't eat it properly and you make a mess and it goes everywhere, that's disgusting. Sure, but if you get it all in your gob, it's clean. Yeah, but think about what your insides are going to look like and that's going to turn into poop. That's disgusting. Yeah, but like everything going to turn into poop. If you don't have, like, what are you suggesting? We just have a nutrient drip so we don't excrete anything? I am exactly saying that. So just walk around with IV drips of nutrients? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't think that's any I just want to say right now that women can come, men can't. What? Because it's disgusting. In Thank you. You're welcome, everyone. God, you're so woke. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> this is coming from a weird place of having a chip on my shoulder. I'll admit it. It's not charismatic. Hmm. Well. It's my natural urge to try and alienate people, and that's disgusting. It's not disgusting, it's just... Boom. I, don't, you know, I, mean, there's, I mean, there's certain people you probably do want to alienate. You know, you don't want everyone around you all the time. Exactly, like the you guy wanna, from the Reason Party. Yeah, you want to filter it out. You don't want politicians around you, fucking no. harsh in your buzz. You know, making policies. I made a very low, low minimum stakes trigger warning sketch that really riled him up. <laughs> was it just? It was just a warning about trigger warnings, right? That was the premise from memory. It was like, it was like, warning about this gun has a trigger. Accidentally shoot someone in the crowd, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my god, I witnessed a death! If only I had some kind of warning beforehand." <laughs> Okay. Which is like, that's not really saying trigger warnings are bad, but he's like, it's also not saying trigger warnings are good, though, is it? Well, it would have stopped that audience member getting shot. Exactly. <laughs> it's more just a really confusing message with some wordplay. Let's face it. And that's kind of like all my political, that's all my satire. It's true. It seems like it's saying something, but then it doesn't, and it's just silly. But that's the best kind of satire. Because then people realize, like, why did I feel anxious before he spoke? And then I realized it was just silly. It's because you're trained. You're trained, sheeple. I think there is really something to be said that motivates the way we write stuff. Oh, no, I definitely agree. I do. Yeah. Well, it's just like... You get well, bombarded with messages so heavily on both sides. Are, like, people are just yelling and yelling and yelling, and they want you to take their side all the time, and you're like, well, what if I take no side and make fun of both of it? That's, you're, the, you're the worst person. Yeah. Apparently. Well, people, you know, people with the best intentions can overthink themselves. I don't know. I was thinking about this before to myself, because mm. I'm a thinker, that, like, if you have to think about whether something's offensive, it's... Maybe not. Yeah. Isn't being offended a very visceral reaction? Well. I don't know. It can be. If you have a deep personal connection to something and someone has genuinely upset you. But offended is so watered down these days that it can be like you hear something that you think may be offensive to someone else who may hold a deep personal belief that you then get upset on their behalf. You're like, oh, no. 
I don't think you should have said that because someone who I think would be offended by that might be. And that's really where the problem lies. The problem is like if being offended isn't offended anymore. It's just like being confused as to how someone else would interpret something. And it's not really the same. And then like to put that on people is, yeah, just a bit, bit ridiculous, really. I mean, like I can only be offended, you know, as as a Jew, like if something's like just really hateful against Jewish people, but I hear heaps of terrible Jewish jokes all the time and I'm not offended. I'm just like, I'm offended. They're bad jokes. You're but offended I'm, more as a comedian. Yeah. I'm offended more as a comedian than by my people of religion, you know, unless something really seems hateful and like intended as hateful or just misguided. I and think damaging, people, I think then I don't care. People are smarter than some people give credit for. I think people are able to tell what, Usually where, what place something is coming from. Mm. True. I don't know. But I mean, some people can't. Some people can't. Some people just need to be told. And they need uh, defined parameters to operate within to make their life easier. And that's fine too. Well, we reached the point of the podcast where two honkies talk about cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> this happens every week. It's scheduled in. We have a run sheet. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually glad they cancelled. Jay Leno. Yes. He was on there for way too long. (laughs) This didn't have the same oomph or passion in what he did. Now he's got all that money and all those cars he ain't touching. How many cars can you drive at once anyway? Why do you need so many cars? The dude loves cars. He needs at least two cars to fit his chin. <laughs> Just a stretch limo for chins. And I think Jay Leno has a as uh, he needs to implement some sort of honking system. Yeah, when he's in that limo. Yeah. Just there's only, you know, if you see someone. In, in, a, in, a, in a car and you're in that limo, you got to let them know. <laughs> Need one honk if you're like, hey, this is a limo. You want to come in here? <laughs> Two honks. Don't worry. David Lenneman isn't in here. <laughs> Three honks. It's all good if you come in here because I've got champagne on ice. Four honks. Paul Schaefer is, however, in here. Five honks. Yes, the whole band is here as well. Six honks. But also, we got a minibar. Seven honks. It's full of cocaine. Eight honks. Don't worry, the cocaine's cut with baking soda. So we can sell it. Jack up the price. Nine honks. A lot of my income has been going into, into this sweet limo setup. Tan honks. It's because of all the baking soda cut cocaine I cut it with. Eleven honks. If you do come in here, my producer Daryl will be jerking off in the back seat. <laughs> Twelve honks means. What do you mean Daryl can't be in here jacking off? Kink don't, shamer. Don't kink shame Daryl. Eleven honks. 
Fine, he won't watch, but can we film it so we can watch it later? <laughs> what is it now? 14 honks? Something like that. I think this is the end of the show now. Okay, 14 honks marks the end of a late night party boys show. Yep. 14 honks means we say, we bid you adieu, and we play an air horn. That's just tradition. 14 honks and out. <laughs> <laughs>